Welcome to Hot Takes, the Hot Wire podcast. Hot Wire is a global tech communications consultancy, and I am Aziza Brinson, Senior Media Strategy Manager here at Hot Wire, and your host for this episode. This is the second in a series of episodes focused on media relation topics, featuring reporters from within the industry, offering key advice and valuable takeaways on a variety of topics. Today, you are listening to PR Nightmares, Views from a Journalist, and I'm talking to Sasha Lakich news writer at Mashable. Thanks for joining us, Sasha. Can you take time to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Sasha Lekic. I'm based out of San Francisco, Mashable's transportation writer, uh, sit on the tech team and cover all things electric vehicles, autonomous, ride sharing, you name it. I cover it. <laughs> all right. So let's just jump right into it. We've all seen the okay. stories from journalists on Twitter about all the trash interactions they have with PR professionals. So as a PR pro myself, I can say we all make mistakes and some days we're just not on our A game. But (laughs) that said, there are some pretty horrific stories from journalists and I would like to get to the bottom of it so my fellow colleagues can know what not to do when when it's time to flex those pitching skills and so that they can also be horrified at maybe some of the ideas that they might have in their heads that like, might line up with some of the things that you've seen so for my first question just you could just tell me about your general pet peeves from PR representatives that you hate to see in your inbox yeah of course I'm just gonna start off I love a lot of my relationships with PR professionals and I get a lot of great pitches and I'm kept informed by a lot of PR folks out there so it's not all nightmares it's not all totally horrifying but there is some big there are some big faux pas and issues that come up. I'd say one of the worst is just very typical, like just the wrong name, the wrong publication. It's just those little things get kind of annoying uh, over time. For me, more specifically, I get really frustrated with very general pitches or just totally off base pitches that don't, obviously this person has not looked at what I cover. Um, I I feel like uh, South by Southwest just happened. And it was a great example of people just shooting out pitches to anyone and everyone. And I cover tech and transportation specifically. And yeah, that's a wide range of topics, but like, I'm not going to be covering your like makeup tutorial app. I just like, I'm not going to, I'm not the right person. Um, So a lot of those, the ones that are just totally no connection to what I cover and never have covered those ones kind of get me. Yeah. So let's talk about names. As a person with a name that can be a little hard to pronounce, since I'm sure you get that with your last name too, right? Yes. Def- mine is definitely confusing for like so many people to spell. So I always wonder like if anybody else goes through as many situations where people butcher your name, um, it, it, whether it's an email. Mine is like risk like Aziza.Brinson and like it tells you the email, but you still get it wrong. How many times has that happened to you? Is it, is it just people just not like getting your name correct altogether? And instead of it's Sasha, they're calling you like Alice or something? Or is it like, how, like, how does that happen for you? Right. Well, there's just the, you're getting the wrong email to the wrong person snafu, which is just kind of embarrassing for everybody. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'd say, yeah, names wise, I get it. Like, you're just trying to contact people, but I don't know. A lot of times people call me Sarah and I'm like, I'm not, just like, <laughs> look a little closer. I'm not there. Um, and it also gives me a clue that they don't actually follow or have really read what I write. Um, Cause I'm very active on Twitter as a lot of journalists are. Um, and 
you know, a perfunctory like Twitter search, you would see very quickly like who I am, like what I cover, what I'm like retweeting and just like basics about me. So that's usually a clue that they really have no idea who they're emailing. Um, but again, I usually don't get too caught up in that part. Um, I'm, I get a lot of emails, so I'm very quick to just like look at the meat of an email. So honestly, if you're saying like, how's, how are like your introduction? I, I kind of barely glance at it. So you can try really hard, but sometimes I'm like, I don't, I'm just not reading your introduction. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel like like when I first started doing PR, like you rely on like decision tools of like muckrack a lot. And then what I found out very early on, right, was like when you use Cision, especially muckrack is like way better, but like Cision, however, mm-hmm. it would say like, say you wrote about, I don't know, say you wrote about book a book one time in like 1994, they would have book under like books under your like beat. And so you're thinking like, oh, I'm pitching this reporter because they write about books. That's what Cision told me. Exactly. I'm like, I'm, I'm an intern, I'm learning. And they're like, yeah, use Cision. It's going to be like your Bible. It's going to be your tool like to live by just for a reporter to come back and say like, you need to really do your research <laughs> because like, I don't even write about books and this and that. And it's like, you can't limit yourself to like using Cision or whatever tool that your company has, because at the end of the day, you literally just need to look up reporters and find out like, this is what they're writing about. I get Cision said this, but like, here's what they've written about for the last six months. It's possible their beat may have changed or like whatever's messed up in the system. So you always find that. And then there's also like, right, where some people um, tend to do mail merges. And if you don't do your mail merge correctly, columns are all out of whack now you sent oh god I would hope it's not a long list but if you send a list of 50 people out 50 people have the wrong name the wrong message and it could really impact it so I completely understand like getting that email where it's like this is clearly isn't me you clearly met this for a different person but it is definitely definitely embarrassing and it's not something that you want to go back to your boss to say like well here's maybe why we didn't get coverage on this right right so um definitely yeah do you think it's fair for like the hate that a lot of PR people receive from journalists? Um, no, in certain cases. <laughs> no, I am. I feel bad on behalf of all my journalists, people <laughs> who are so cruel. I'm like, come on, guys, cut them some slack. I am always per- impressed. I have some friends in the PR industry and people I've known, gotten to know over the years that I, you know, have a working relationship with. I'm always, I'm like, how do you keep on top of your emails? How do you respond quickly? How do you keep track of like all these details, like very impressive people in this industry. And I'm always in awe. And when there are mistakes and there are, you know, errors or misfires, I, for one, I'm not, I don't get too annoyed. I also, I'm a big proponent of maybe this is kind of cruel but it's just like if I don't have time to deal with it I just don't respond it kind of sits in my inbox I was just gonna say I'm looking at my inbox right now and I have 25,131 unread emails but like most of those are just you know business wire and this, like you're saying scission and a lot of other yeah just like alerts and mass email lists but, you know, stuff is going to get lost in there and there's going to be things that aren't addressed to me. And if I was a really nice person and had more time and patience, I would go through and be like, you should talk to my colleague or you should talk to this publication. Um, 
you know, I'm not going to do that. I just, I can't, um, I would just spend all day sitting in my inbox, which sometimes I've done, I've done days where I'm like, this is an inbox day, but (laughs) you know, it's not, yeah, you know, it's just not feasible, but I'm always impressed with PR people's abilities to corral a good, like an inbox. And especially when it comes to, if you are, once you do engage and you, okay, we're working on a story together and just keeping up and you know that you're not the only reporter, like there's the other people covering the story as well. So being able to keep, yeah, I think it's a, it's a skill for sure. So I, I cut, cut them plenty of slack. So I'm not here as one of the main haters, but I, I mean, I have sent emails being like, I don't cover this and yeah, well, very curt and short. I also am not huge on pleasantries. I don't know. I feel like a couple of years ago, I read a blog post or something about just like get to what you want to say and just say it so I've kind of taken that to heart and maybe it seems really efficient but I kind of like it because I don't know no one's really telling me how their day is so I'm like why right. am I even okay? <laughs> I mean I, <laughs> I people I, yeah yeah I'm glad you said like you 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 admire like the, the way that we're able to handle it and because the way I see it I admire journalists right and I say that because like the, what's the stat right um for every one journalist or six PR people right and so it's like imagine I know if it were me and like every time like I had to like do something and there were like six PR people every like hour like coming at me with like so many different like pitches and wanting so many things and then following up the next day to be like get over it already right so like having the like the the, the candor to like deal with that and like be very understanding is admirable on your behalf because I can I can definitely like empathize with journalists who are like I don't want to be a part of this like this is insane (laughs) so thank you yeah I also come from a very general news background and I actually started at Mashable covering general news breaking news uh type of coverage so Mm -hmm. I kind of understand why some I mean it's been many years but I have a little bit more compassion maybe for why I'm getting you know, why I get an email, I'm on some listserv for, like I was saying before, beauty products, or I don't know, something else, gender issues, or education type things. Like, I have covered throughout my career, a lot of different topics. So that I kind of understand where it comes from. And I also, I'm a person who loves, that's why I'm a journalist, I love like disseminating information, getting the information to the right people. So I've, I'm always happy to be like, oh, this is not for me. I don't cover TVs. Like, I'm not going to cover your new TV. But like my colleague does all the TV coverage, like talk to him. Yeah. So I'm I'm usually, if it's like a big brand, especially, you know, like Samsung or I don't know. And like Dyson, I know like we love vacuum coverage, like stuff like that. Not to get weirdly specific, but like people <laughs> love that. Va- people love vacuums. And it's like, I don't really cover vacuums, but I'll happily pass along like a good story if I see one, you know, so. Which type of PR professional do you prefer to connect with? I've heard the conversations where before where like some people are like, I prefer like the PR rep that's in-house for like a particular brand Mm. versus like agency. So like, I I know there's a preference, but like, I don't know whether you have a preference, but what would you, who would you prefer to work with and, and, and why? Is it just easier? Like, how does it work for you? Mm, I guess that's, really been a blend i think for if i am working with an agency rep um the ones that have really committed to the brands that they are repping um they become almost in-house mm-hmm. is what i've discovered like there's certain people i remember at like cruise and 
I can name some other like autonomous vehicle companies and some of the um, like the rideshare companies and stuff like they use some outside agencies. And honestly, at at some point, I was like, oh, wait, I don't remember who's in house and who's you know who's the who's from the third party group because um, they've done such a good job of really getting to know the company and doing a great job of connecting you. So sometimes I kind of prefer the outside agency because they're also very willing to like. Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm going to look that into that for you. And like, they'll find the right people while sometimes in house, maybe they're, they're like, I am the right person. And I don't know, like, <laughs> na- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've had a great experiences across the board. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess maybe sometimes I get confused. I'm like, who should I contact? Like, you know, it's like a big company like Uber or Lyft or something comes to mind where I'm like, it's so many yeah <laughs> yeah like okay and sometimes i'm like do i have the like organization breakdown correct because i'm like i know he does product and he does like marketing and she does business stuff so <laughs> sometimes you get like, like uh, yeah like you and like three other colleagues and like who wants to jump in on this it's fine anybody just like as long as you know right. you want to get in contact with so yeah so yeah what makes them most mistakes agency reps or in-house reps when it, in terms of pitching <laughs> i guess probably agency just because of the nature of their work because they're covering so many different clients and different sectors you know like when you're in-house That's you cover awesome. that company yeah and you're in that field like if you're in autonomous vehicles like you're in autonomous vehicles while a third like an outside agency you know, they're, they're working on the Waymo account and then they're also working on, I don't know if Waymo has outside agency, but Waymo. And then they're also working on, I don't know, some <laughs> like, like kitchen appliances yeah. or who knows, you know, like, or doing some weird NFT project, who knows? So it can, yeah. It's one of those but, things where I've said before in the past where like being an agency, like PR, like you kind of have to have like split personalities. Like one minute, like I'm an yeah. expert on like social media. Then the next minute I'm an expert in like advertising. Then I'm an expert at AI over here. And it's like, you right, just, yeah. depending on how many accounts you have, you're splitting yourself in so many different ways. And then when you go back to your friends and you're having all this conversation, it's like, you know, a lot of random stuff. It's like, I work on a lot of different topics. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And sometimes not again, not to be vicious or anything, but then sometimes you're like, okay, this person doesn't know anything beyond what they were briefed on. Right. Like you're like, oh, you don't have the expertise beyond like this project or campaign. Like sometimes that comes out. So I think that's where sometimes mistakes happen. I remember I was not, I'm not naming names or anything, but it was like an e-bike. It was like a 3d printed e-bike and we got to see it. It was really cool. But the PR rep just didn't know anything about like how it was made what it was like anything about it other than like the basic facts that were basically on the press release and I, it was fine but you know it was just like another step and it would have been nice to be like do you not like just you give me the answers instead of having to like figure all this stuff out um but yeah stuff like that sometimes happens and I get I understand that she was like I don't know I just this is one of many accounts and I was like oh, obviously <laughs> yeah for sure so tell me about the worst or one of the worst times a PR rep wouldn't just like take no for an answer because I've always heard like uh journalists Ooh. say like PR people just don't know how to like just take no like you can't just like it, like take that and just like go back to your client with this so, like tell me about one of those times um 
I have a lot of those. Honestly, I start ignoring them, which is bad. Um, I think not they actually are very similar just like very persistent emailing is usually the problem but what i find the most egregious is when it switches to phone calls <laughs> um and then like texts and you're like okay this is too much like are you gonna cover it are you gonna cover it um those type that type of behavior i'm like okay now i just don't really want to cover it because you're being so pushy um but another part that I don't really like is when somebody really wants you to cover something and I get that you're following up and I haven't responded and I'm sleeping on your great pitch. Um, <laughs> but then you write me like a separate email with like, you should read this Sasha as the headline. And I'm like, or something, you know, like something like that, or like trying to reach you, Sasha. And it's separate from the original emails. So then I have no idea what the original pitch even was. I'm like, what are we talking about again? Like, did I say yes to something? Um, so kind of keeping everything streamlined. Most PR people are very good about like making sure it's not like 18 different email chains, but there definitely are the people who start a new email for every time they reach out. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> no. So that type of stuff, I'd say pretty much the worst I do not love getting phone calls um <laughs> unless we like set up a time to be like let's talk about this on the phone but like a cold call pitch all phone calls also just to be like did you see my email I'm like I don't know I'm gonna say no the way I would have said no over email like I didn't know I didn't um yeah yeah no. I get they're being pressured like you were saying like there's like the client or agency somebody's like make like we need to get some traction on this, obviously, but I don't know. Now, I'm glad you said that, though, because I literally had a question on the docket about, like, about whether or not, like, you, like, you like to receive calls. Like, I have had, I've, I've seen it happen where people are like, you could always just call them, and we're like, it is a tech-focused world, it is 2022. I know that that probably worked in, like, old school PR days, but, like, reporters are like, don't call me, don't call me. Yeah. And so I it's fine to call. Yeah. Once you have like a relationship or you're working on something together. Yeah. I love the phone. It's great. Um, or if you're like, Hey, like, can I call you? And if I tell you, yeah, then yes, go ahead and call me. But yeah, yeah. like you said, like it's not, it should not be your first line of offense. <laughs> right. It can be very daunting. I've worked with a lot of like junior team members in it and pitching in general especially if they don't already have a relationship or haven't seen it done, it's very intimidating, right? Oh, so yeah, for you to like tell and instruct them to just be like, yeah, you know, call them. Imagine how frightening that'd be. I could like imagine like the person like shaking, <laughs> out, like what, like the words they're going to say, like that is, it's very fearful. Like you're telling me to literally call a stranger <laughs> that I never met, that I don't know. At, they don't know my number, so they may not even be expecting the call. I'm supposed to call them. Now, am I supposed to right. walk them through a pitch that I probably already emailed and they already probably have seen and just don't want to respond? Like, right. That's the like, awkward part. Yeah, it's very awkward. So <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to get to that question. You already answered that for me. Yeah. Um, Though there are moments where a phone call, like, especially for big news. Um, this works better if you have a relationship, not from like an initial pitch, but if you have a relationship with someone and there's like big news coming from the one the company you're representing or you work at, it can be really helpful for them to be like, Hey, heads up. Like 
we have this big embargo going to be lifting tomorrow. Like, do you want me to tell you about it? And you're like, yeah. yes, thank you. Stuff like that. I really appreciate. Um, but that's a little bit further down the line. If you already kind of have a rapport and they know what's up and they like know that you are most likely going to cover this big news. Yeah. So that type of situation is always helpful. But. So how many times do people generally pitch you for topics that you would never Ooh. cover? Like, and like, oh, those examples. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, well, so since registration opened for South by Southwest, my inbox was a mess. So I'd say like mid February, I think it was. And South by Southwest just ended what this past weekend. So it was like a solid almost month of just bad emails. I mean, there was like, a discussion about like GMOs and women and leadership. I mean, like it's great. Women in leadership. Great. But it's like, I don't, I'm not going to be covering that. Like a lot of like business profiles type of things. It's like a lot of times um, people pitch a lot about um, like corporate news or funding rounds. And, you know, we have this new series B and these are our new investors and, like we're just not, especially at Mashable. Like, right? We don't cover that news. We might have over five years ago when we had more of a business team. We haven't had a business team for many years. Like, just not covering that type of stuff. So when, so I, I don't know. I get. I'm trying to. I don't. Even, I delete. I do a lot of deleting. It's kind of therapeutic. So throughout the day, I just like delete when I'm stressed. Um, <laughs> but I'm just like, I definitely already in, in like the past. I don't know. We started this call 30 minutes ago. I don't know. I've already gotten, oh, like 30, 20 emails in the past 30 minutes, you know? And I'm sure some of them are great and some of them, and well, like, yeah, there's a, there's a whole range of things. I think what happens generally is that like people see the press list, especially if their, their, their client um, is actually going to be um, attending some of these events. So they mm-hmm. see the press list and they're like, oh, this person is attending. So just pitch them the news. And it's like, you still have to take into consideration the beat that they cover. Like just because they're attending right. conference doesn't always mean that they're going to cover all the news that comes out of it. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's something that's something like you have to like explain to everybody. You would think that that's something that would already be like understood, mm-hmm. but it's not. And so like, yeah. I, get, I get how that can be very frustrating because then you're like, are you pitching Sasha? She doesn't cover this news. Well, she was on the press. Right. Oh, like that's not. Yeah, exactly. And especially oh. this year was frustrating. Sorry, not to harp on South by Southwest, but it was very frustrating because our newsroom decided to attend um, virtually and it was a mixed media hybrid event. So yeah. it was partially IRL and partially virtual, but it was very confusing. I guess, I don't know what went out to like, media on the media list on the other side of the equation because everyone was like okay we'll see you at this event or like come meet this ceo and like i'm i i can only cover virtual events so i spent a lot of time just dealing with logistics of okay is there a way i can set up a video call or are you gonna it's gonna be streaming and they'd be like oh no we're gonna be there like aren't you and it's like no um so i really wish like south by southwest had worked with their media communications team to make it clear like what reporters were going to be there physically and which reporters were going to be covering virtually because it was a huge it's a huge or it's a very different way of covering an event 
Yeah. So that was my main gripe this year. <laughs> yeah. Obviously top of mind. I feel like that just might be like the evolution of the newsroom these days because of the pandemic. Like that wasn't something that we would have right. had to think about before. And so now maybe that's something. No, that definitely. Or you have to think about like, you might want to add a column for like, are you in person or are you going to be virtual? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I might have to provide yeah. that that counsel to like my clients. No, that's yeah, it'd be great advice. And like you said, I think it's gonna be a lot going forward. It's yeah. gonna be a lot more like that. So something to consider, yeah. Yeah. So have you ever had a time where you needed to get in contact with a PR rep right away and they were just unavailable? How did it so? Like, how did that make you feel? Um it, I I understand, and the reason why I ask this is because I know how oftentimes like PR people are like really like begging to be like, are you, can you get back to me? Can you get back to me? And then there's those moments where reporters do it in reverse. And they're like, Hey, like I have this story. Can this exec get back to you? And like there are PR people who kind of like drag their feet about that. So like, how do you feel about mm-hmm. that? Like, is there an example you can provide us? Yeah. I was going to say, they're usually very good about responding themselves, but the actual contents or the nugget of information you're trying to get you can always tell when like someone's like you said, stalling or dragging their feet on it. Um, usually the conversation starts, I can't think of a very specific situation, but this has happened often where you're like, okay, I'm looking for a comment or can I talk to someone about something? And the people are like, what's your, like, can I get a sense of when you need this? Or like, <laughs> do you have like specific questions you can tell me right now? You know, like you can already tell that they're like trying to vet this and like see if they can avoid having to like deal directly with getting the source or whoever it is on the line. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest, like PR people are very good at getting what you need. I don't know. Like I said, I'm always impressed. I'm like, how did you do that? But you know, sometimes you're like, I have a deadline and it's in two hours. And I know that's ridiculous. And they're like, yeah, like dudes in Israel, like you're not talking to him till tomorrow, you know, like it's just not going to happen. Um, like that has happened. So that sometimes can be like a different, just like workplace culture. Um, just cause like a newsroom is very different. I don't know. I've only worked in newsrooms really, but, um, a newsroom is really different from, I guess the most, more common office environment or whatever an office looks like these, these days, but I don't know. So some stuff like that can sometimes get lost in translation or, or they'll, yeah, you're, I don't know if this is answering your question, but if you're trying to get something and they just kind of rehash what's like in the press release and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got that from the press release. Like, right. Like give me something. Else. I'm looking for something more. Yeah. Something like that. Or you have something really specific and they're just like, they just, they obviously like aren't able to answer it or they can't or whatever the reason, but yeah. And they kind of like step around it. I mean, that happens too, but sometimes it, I feel like as, as a journalist, I would just prefer to be like, we aren't disclosing, you know, being more definitive, like, okay, like no comment or we can't talk about that at this time. Like, <laughs> it sucks to get those responses, but it's actually way more helpful than like dancing around an answer and giving some like BS type statement or something. So I always appreciate when someone's like, okay, we're not talking about it or, you know, that's not available yet or whatever the real reason is. But right. Like, close the loop on it so that like somebody's not just like dangling waiting for an answer. It's like just 
Cause like, I, yeah, like, exactly. Overachievers and they're just like, I want to get you something. Like sometimes you just have to know when to like, <laughs> just it's a no. Um, right. That's a blacklist or uh, a particular company or an email <laughs> or just blow. No. <laughs> no, no, I have not. I, I, I mean, no, I haven't. I don't think I have. I have had weird people on LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is its own beast. Um, I don't really consider those like official pitches and PR people because that, that and like Twitter DMs. I'm like, if something, if you Twitter DM me and you have like a legit thing, I'll be like, great. Send me an email. Like that's how, you know, I'm like a little bit interested and I'm willing to like hear more, but I want to see it in like my inbox and formatted that way. Cause I'm not going to piece together like a note on LinkedIn and some stuff over here in Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. LinkedIn. I've definitely had like kind of weird or creepy type interactions and I'll just block those people <laughs> or like they add me and I'm like, and then there's some of the people who the very aggressive people like friend you on Facebook. And I'm like, no, we're not friends. Right. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> So that is, I've I've definitely blocked people on like deny friends requests. And if you're really obnoxious on LinkedIn, I'm going to unconnect with you or whatever the terminology is. But most people, the other thing is like, it's easy. And I think it's easy enough. I mean, you and your team obviously are very adept at this, but just finding my email address is not very difficult. Like it's on the Mashable website. I think I have it all over my Twitter and right. on any of those journalism services, it's available. Uh, like just do a little bit of digging and you can find it. So, but sometimes, you know, Twitter DM like works well because they saw that I tweeted about some autonomous scooter and they're like, oh, I'm building an autonomous scooter charging station. And you're like, yeah. great. And then it works from there, you know, but it's like, it has to be flow, right? But if you're like cold pitching me, I don't know, I just got something about how to keep track of like your employees work hours or something. And I was like, I don't cover like, you know, like workplace stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's also just like, why are you DMing me this? Like, I'm not gonna read this here. Yeah, no, stuff good stuff happens. I like that Twitter is a new way I've been, or for the last few years, I, I guess it has been for us to like kind of reach out to reporters because I think it removes people away from having these long, long pitches that really bother me. Yeah. Continuously tell people like that pitch is too long. It just, nobody is reading past like the first couple of sentences, like break that down girl. Like you definitely don't have that. So like, I like that Twitter, like allowed with Twitter, we're allowed to like, just kind of just keep it short and sweet, gauge interest. And if you want to pass on it, then you can. And it's not as mm-hmm. much noise. It's like our, our email um, and inbox and stuff like that. So that's wonderful. But I always find it super cringy when I hear that people are like, yeah, somebody's trying to pitch me on Instagram. It's like Instagram is a platform for visuals. Why are we sending like these? Yeah, like, gets weird. That like yeah, it's like let people like be like have like some kind of social media that's for their personal life. Like let them live, but like weird. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. let's talk uh, jargon. Have you ever gotten a pitch that was like so overloaded with jargon that it was just like you just had to x out of it? You could it was just too much or overwhelming. The only thing I can think of is uh, 
No, I don't have a good example. <laughs> no, sorry. Right, sorry. You were one of the few journalists who haven't had to deal with some of the crazier things that other journalists have to deal with. So I feel yeah. like a little bit more blessed than, than other journalists. Yeah, I have gotten some. I've definitely had the experience of something, usually it's around AI stuff. And it'll just be an email where I'm like, whoever wrote this, obviously, they themselves don't know what any of this means if that makes sense like i'm like i don't like they i don't understand from the release or from the blog and was yeah like, or like they said some they are like put together some words that they thought sounded right and i'm like this doesn't make any sense <laughs> and yeah so it's not usually like oh i don't so I don't i just don't know this stuff it's like doesn't the context of this i don't understand what's happening or sometimes there's just like really basic miscommunication of like oh, this isn't a real product or like, oh, this is like an idea or, you know, things like that have definitely happened to me where I'm like, wait, so can I see it? And they're like, what do you mean? Can you see it? And I'm like, oh, I thought it was like an app or something. And I'm like, no, like, it's like a framework or I'm, I'm like, I don't know, stuff like that. You know, like, you're like, oh, okay. Never yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so sometimes I, that gets lost in translation. Yeah. I always just tell my teams that if like, if you can't talk to your friends, um with the in the same language like don't use it in the pitch like like I like Mm -hmm. advertising and marketing technology is usually like my specific niche as far as like um companies that I've worked with and so Mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of acronyms across the board so when I'm talking with like my teams I know I can use it but if I'm speaking of any of this work like that's like actually like with somebody that I know, like a personal friend, and I'm like, let me like explain this because I don't want you to be like, what is this? And what is that? It's like, if you have to do that, then you need to just crap all of it out the pitch and like redo it and just make it like, don't yep. make it simple where it doesn't sound interesting, but like, just break it down. Like the, the, the jargon can like go over people's heads. And I even, I've had like reporters who are like, I've written about this topic for like at length for years and I still do not prefer the jargon, right? Because like people make buzzwords mm-hmm. and bring up words all the time. And over time, it just gets way too convoluted. Like, it's like, get out of that space. Right. And a lot of times a good thing to keep in mind, that's, I'm very happy that you tell people to simplify it and like break it down. And a lot of the times it's good to remember that I then am pitching my editor. So it's like this big chain of pitching. So it's not, it doesn't just stop at me. So like, even if I'm like, oh, this was a great pitch. I loved the jargon. Um, I have to be able to explain it to my editor. So if you pitch me with a really clear, succinct, like, this is a new app. This is what does, this is why it's great, blah, blah, blah. You know, something succinct and to the point, then I'm able to be like, I, you know, I'm a, we're a Slack newsroom, but like, however the newsrooms communicate and just being like, Hey, like this cool new app is coming out. This is what it does. And I can just slack that over real quick and be like, here's a screenshot of it, blah, blah, blah. Good to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Well, I'm glad you said that. Cause that leads into like my final question. So we okay. talked about all the bad ways PR pros have gone wrong. And so my final question would be, what's the most powerful pitch you received that you just knew you just had to take to your editors for approval? Oh, I mean, I get a lot of good pitches. Um, just like the nature of what I do, especially when there's a new car reveal, it's always very popular. Um, you know, like just kind of given events, um, 
I have relationships with certain companies where they know that I will be more focused on like a product release versus like a personnel, you know, like they know I'm not, Sasha's not going to write about a promotion at within the company, but they're going to, she's going to write about like our new app and how you can now, I don't know, control your car through the app or whatever it might be. Um, (laughs) So those are always just kind of like, yeah, definitely. Especially with established, brands and relationships that I already have that, you know, I always cover certain brands and we have that, we have that knowledge between each other. Um, but I've definitely gotten pitches. I think what works really well, like you were saying, but like succinct to the point, really clear on like what it is, what's happening, who's involved, if there's footage or video you know like if there's something to look at I have a sense of what it is um yeah I don't know there's uh, this is not very general very general but I'm thinking of one pitch it was for this software company that does they it was super boring and jargony but they had a really cool idea which was to show how their software worked they were going to do virtual like dog walking with the robot dog, um, spot the robot dog. And this was like a company that I probably wouldn't cover normally because they do like enterprise software and robotics management, you know, something that's not necessarily my game, like, like I'm not that interested in that. Um, but they were like, Hey, to show you our software, you're going to like virtually walk a dog in, through the streets of San Francisco via like your computer. And A, I was like, yes, you did good work because they knew I always write about the robot dog. So I was like, A, I'm intrigued by the robot dog. And then B, it was cool, this whole element of like virtually remote controlling something from far. Anyway, it worked out really well. I was able to do like a first person, tons of video, tons of uh, photo content pieces, all from just like this pitch um, that wasn't necessarily 100% you know, it wasn't with an established company and it wasn't directly in my beat and it worked out really well. It was really fun and it did really well traffic wise. And it was a good experience overall from like pitch to production or whatever the expression is. So yeah, that's, I think would be an example of something that came together really well from a pitch that was clear and effective and worked. I like how you said like the pitch was like super jargony and like kind of like low-key but then like you started going into it and I was like wow this sounds kind of interesting though like I kind of want to know about these like right (laughs) and like they accepted also that my final story I didn't go into detail on their software I never was going to but they kind of understood that that's okay you know and they I mentioned them by name obviously as the people you know doing the you know offering the walk and doing the software to control the dog and everything yeah um so yeah i mean i think you have to be willing to like probably let some things go i don't know what their pr team was like on their side they probably wished oh we wish she had gone into how you know x y and z works and she just glossed over it but i don't know it's a give and take i think 
that's how I see it for sure I mean I think that's like the beauty of like storytelling NPR right like I know that like some clients are like obsessed with like I want a full feature but it's sometimes just the little things right like understand the mm-hmm. angle of the story that the reporter is trying to tell and like feel, figure out a way for you to like insert yourself into the conversation but not like so overtly right it's that stuff that sometimes you read I think who does really good with this um and it forced me to buy one was uh, was like Peloton right where it's like you're just watching a show and their name just pops up where like somebody like, <laughs> it's like it's like inserted into an article somewhere it's like why is Peloton even relevant and then over time I remember thinking to myself like, I don't want Peloton I really want Peloton and then I end up getting it worked. Like, I there think we go. That, like that is like the best way to do it so like even like I would hope that the PR people with that team fully understood it's like this is still a great op regardless we're in here we're mentioned and exactly like the details of like what it is because if you're anybody like me if I see something interesting I'm gonna google it anyway and try to figure out like who these people are what are they doing so right just the exposure and things like that but yeah there's and I'm sure that I could think of other examples um where an email turned into a great story and and it takes work on both ends because it can sometimes be, you know, your side crafting a really nice pitch, but it's also me being willing to see if there's a story potential within a pitch. Because not not everything's handed to you on a silver platter, right? Like as a journalist, like it'd be great if everyone was like, here's your exact story, but like that's not how it happens. <laughs> right. Um, so you have to be willing to, you know, put in a little bit of time and be a little creative and think, okay, what's what from what from this works or what can we make work? Is it worth trying to find something? So, right. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. Well, thank you, Sasha, for joining us today. And thanks to you all for listening. If you would like to hear more from Sasha, you can follow her on Twitter at, at Sasha J O L. Also, if you have more questions or would like more information about Hotwire, please visit us at hotwireglobal.com. We'll have new episodes soon. So please sign up on our website and we'll let you know when they are available.